outstanding quality care. For more info, go to Thibodeau.com. If your vehicle squeals or grinds when you slow down or just isn't stopping like it used to, you may need new brakes. Through May 24th, check out the spring brake deals at O'Reilly Auto Parts and get 15% off a set of Brake Best Select or Import Direct brake pads with two rotors. Restore safe braking and save money now at O'Reilly Auto Parts or shop online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Kerry, can you make sure Ada's cleaned up? Restaurant Week has Sanjay's tables jam-packed. He needs more servers to keep these new customers coming back. Let's keep these tables turning as fast as possible, okay? Gonna need to hustle. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Kyrie is a master at what he does. Kyrie's walking around wearing a green jacket, working out with high school teams and college basketball teams and NBA teams. Like he is that special, special of a talent. And when you think about what he adds to the Brooklyn Nets, that is such an extra pop for a team that scoring wise is one of the most gifted teams there is in the NBA. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. It is hour number two of the Sports Hangover coming to you from the Pelican facility. Here in Airline Drive, Pell's practicing, getting ready to wrap up here. Sean Kelly, Trajan Langdon, perhaps the Graf and a couple of others. Maybe we'll be popping on in here when they wrap up as the team is getting ready for tomorrow night's game against the Spurs. Got two games in the plan already taking place tonight over on TNT. Cavaliers and the Nets, Brooklyn a nine and a half point favorite. And the Clippers and the T-Wolves is the second game. Both games on TNT. ESPN will carry the games tomorrow, including the Hornets and Hawks before Spurs and Pelicans. Minnesota a three point favorite tonight at home. That's another team that we'll discuss here with Daniel when he gets back here a quick second about all the, I guess, experience and steps that some of these new teams are sort of taking and getting into the postseason. I think it's important tomorrow. It should be fun. The last I heard right before we started started the show, about 500 tickets remain for the game tomorrow. So it's going to be one heck of an atmosphere. It should be fun for sure. The question of the day we're throwing out there is sort of what we're seeing with a lot of the different teams, not only here, but elsewhere. And I'm just kind of curious with you because I'll ask Trajan here as well when he gets here about what he tried to do in Brooklyn and what he tried to do with the Nets and what you're trying to do from a front office standpoint to a a coaching standpoint, a player standpoint. Like, what are those ingredients, you think? What are the top three ingredients in building a good locker room, chemistry, and a culture on a team? Because I think that's important. And I think you can't win without it. And I actually think it's the hardest thing to do. What we've seen in this year's NBA, we've seen this a lot of times, some teams in the NFL. Hey, throw out some teams, throw out some um, 
some players, put them together, hope that it works. And I don't know, you're not seeing that in the NBA nearly as well. Again, two good examples, LA and New York, and I understand they won. One Super Bowl, I mean, um, one NBA championship. I'm trying to think if that even works like with teams in the NFL. I know the Rams tried for several years. Last year, it worked. But again, there were a drive here or there from not even being in the postseason or, or advancing. So when you look at it, it's not a guarantee. I mean, after the year they lost in the Super Bowl, the, the Rams just continued. Here's a draft pick. There's a draft pick. Doesn't matter. Just bring in more and more and more and more talents. Try to kind of build it and piece it together that way. And the reason I bring this up is because you have what's happened in L.A. And yesterday was incredible. I mean, LeBron was full politician yesterday. It was incredible. Like, you know, he was asked, did he, was how important was it him winning the scoring title a season ago? Once we were eliminated from playoff contention, then it was, you know, it's nothing to talk about, nothing to think about. I'm not, I'm, I'm not be out there playing, just be playing meaningless games, to try to win a scoring title. That's so beneath me. And where I am in my career, um, you know, if I would have played enough games to qualify, period, in the beginning, then I would have took care of myself. But once we were eliminated from contention, for me, I'm, I'm 19 years in then he was asked about his relationship with Frank Vogel. Well, I don't want to speak about, you know, what's been talked about and things of that nature because I don't never get involved in those things. But uh, I respect uh, Frank as a coach, um, you know, as a man in our, in our partnership that we've had over a few years here has been nothing but uh, uh, just candid, great conversations. And uh, this guy who gives everything to the game. Uh, prepared us um, every single night along with his coaching staff as well. You know, I give those guys a lot of credit too, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't know what's going to happen. So that's obviously before it became official that Frank Vogel was let go. He was also asked about his idea of the big three and can it work and all. I think uh, the areas where I saw that we could complement one another um, is Russ being, you know, the push guard that he is, being able to create tempo, me being the wing threat, getting on a run, and AD being a lob threat, I thought um, that we could be very successful in that. And also with our, our length um, and, and defensive prowess too, we could be really good. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the reason why we were not very good together because we weren't on the damn floor together. So you hear LeBron saying you weren't on the floor together and things that nature. Again, though, I brought up earlier in hour number one with Daniel was the fact that you had Jean Morant, you know, missed some games and Memphis was 18 and two, 18 and two. Now, again, I understand not having those key players. It does matter. But again, this was a handpicked team and this is what happens when, and I've seen the graphic, right? He's 44, 47 mil. I think AD's for, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Westbrook's 44, AD's 38 and he's 47. I mean, those three players right there. That is a ton of money that goes into that. So, um, anyway, it's, it's just, and the reason I bring this up is because you listened to that yesterday. And that's one aspect his. And then here's Russell Westbrook yesterday on the fact that AD and LeBron yesterday said, Hey, we just wanted Russell to be Russell. And 
Russ says, don't buy that. LeBron and Andy were very clear with, like, let Russ be Russ. Like, we heard that a lot. Yeah, but that wasn't true. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so let's yeah. be honest. Wow. Um, and then he went on a little bit further about, you know, he, he felt like he never got a real shot to be a part of this team or be himself. So when I first got here um, and just being – you know, um, a person that, uh, unfortunately, that people create narratives of me and who I am um, and what I do and what I believe in that are, you know, just not true. Um, I'm always having to, like, prove myself again in the year after year after year, which is, to me, just unfair. And there's really no reason I have to do that. Um, so when I first got here, um, I just felt that I never was given a fair chance um, just to be who I needed to be to be able to help this team. And it continued. He was asked about his relationship with the head coach, Frank Vogel. Yeah, you know, I think it's um, it's unfortunate, to be honest, because I've never, and I, I, was, I was saying this, I never had an issue with any of my coaches before, as much as people may assume. I never had an issue with any coach, any players, any staff members, anybody, actually, if we're keeping it honest. And for the moment I got here, and you guys don't know this, but I, like, uh, it was actually Frank's and his wife's anniversary and I actually sent him a bottle of champagne and stuff to his hotel room, which he didn't know anything about because I was – it's a nice thing to do, nice gesture. I'm, welcome, I'm coming to the team. Congratulations to you guys. And that's just the type of person I am. I don't do it for anything back in return, but that's just something that I felt was the right thing to do. And I'm not sure what his issue was with me, or I'm not sure why, but um, I can't really give you an answer why things – we never really connected maybe – you know, um, that's something that he has to answer, but I never, you know, from the get-go was feeling like I was having to, like, try to prove myself to him and my capabilities and what I've been able to do for this game. And it's unfortunate, but it's really not I kind of out of my hands. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. When you And, and again, and I'm, I'm only playing this, hey, yes, we're going to always enjoy making fun and laughing at the Lakers dysfunctionality. But, again, you, you're seeing the recipe. I'm asking you the ingredients to – a winning culture, a winning locker room, a good locker room, and you're you're seeing why they're watching the postseason. Yes, injuries mattered, but fits dysfunctionality. Look, you know what? I don't have to go that far back in the in the past. In last season with the Pels, we've talked about this. We asked and we spoke about it with David Griffin at the beginning of um, training camp. You know, the ability to be able to look and go, well, that didn't work, and then do something about it. I mean, sometimes draft picks, sometimes free agent signings, sometimes your greatest plans and ideas don't work. And you got to figure out why it does. And I guess why I keep looking at chemistry, guys wanting to hustle and play, and you, you can't pay everybody 40, 38 mil. You're going to have to have some of those guys. I've mentioned it several times to the graph. Daniel has been on the show. I think Caruso and not retaining him was massive. That guy is a human gnat. When you play again, you can't stand that guy. He did that. And that's the thing, too, that we brought up in our number one when we talked about where the Pels are, where the Grizzlies are, as Daniel brought up, the amount of shot blockers they have. When you look at the Suns, when you look at the Warriors, when you look at the Bucks, they're defensive teams. Like, you have to have some guys that can play some defense in key moments. The Lakers last year, and the Lakers, when they won the bubble, they they were one of the top defensive teams. 
Well, some of those guys aren't on the team. That, again, fits in where it matters. You know, not that I take a little glee in this, but I do, as Daniel shakes his head up and down. Poor Brian Windhorst right now. You think Daniel has a tough job. You think I have a tough job. Imagine being the king's scribe right now. He is the king's scribe. This was him this morning. <laughs> Via telephone. He couldn't even make it to the studio. The following two minutes and 22 seconds is Brian Windhorse just absolutely beside himself. Because again, this shouldn't have happened. The king is not uh, not in a situation to, to win a championship. Here you go. If I'm a coach, I'm petrified over what I heard yesterday. And it has nothing to do with the way they fired Frank Vogel. There's no good way to fire somebody. I don't – the way that they fired Vogel is not relevant. What's relevant is what Russell Westbrook said because his comments – did not sound like someone who was conciliatory at all and was looking to try to salvage next season. His comments were borderline defiant in that he didn't think he could play the way he wanted this season when playing the way he wanted was a devastating blow to the Lakers. And it left me two thoughts. The first thought is how in the world did – LeBron and Anthony Davis get comfortable. Like, what did Westbrook say to them last summer when they had those meetings? Did he say these same things and LeBron and, and AD just ignored it? Or did Westbrook say something else? I still have no clue how they left a meeting based on the way Westbrook, his philosophy of the game and what he said yesterday about playing with those two guys. I have no idea how they shook hands at the end of a night and said, yep, let's make this happen. It blows my mind. It blew my mind when they made the deal, and after hearing it play out, I just don't understand. But if you're a coach and you have the real reality that you may have to, you may have to deal with Westbrook for next season because getting out of that is not going to be simple, and you just heard the way Westbrook talked about his coach and the way Westbrook talked about wanting to play, I wouldn't want to be there if he's there. I'd be like, I want him out of there. And, you know, frankly, I thought Frank Vogel was more supportive of Westbrook than he should have been. He stuck with him longer. He stuck, he kept him in the starting lineup longer. If you want to criticize Frank Vogel for stuff that he did this year, he was too supportive of Westbrook. And here we have Westbrook talking about how he wasn't. I mean, it's borderline delusional. And I can't come into a situation when I've got a really good job right now or other options and try to deal with a player who is delusional like this. So I would say yesterday was not a step forward in the attractiveness of the Los Angeles job. <laughs> Poor Brian Windhorst. I can feel the perspiration on his forehead just coming through. Can we say speaking of oh, delusional? Oh, my goodness gracious. It's incredible. Quick break. It's um, <laughs> it's something else. What can you say? Todd Graffinini's chiming in here as well as he's walked in after watching a little practice. Daniel Salerson, we're live over at the Pelicans facility. Don't go anywhere. It's a sports hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Go yard all summer long with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. 
This season, all customers will get $5 for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on Tuesday MLB games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesday is even if your bet loses, FanDuel will pay you $5 for every home run. I like Matt Olson of the Atlanta Braves did a home run against the Washington Nationals on Tuesday. I also like Jose Altuve of the Astros to go deep. So what are you waiting for? Pick your home run hitter and turn big swings into big wins. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. Head over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up using promo code KLRZ. That's promo code KLRZ. Must be 21 and over in President, Louisiana. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus of $25. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Calvin Braxton Ford is your Ford dealer here in Lockport. They want you to know it's important to keep your vehicle running its best. So Calvin Braxton Ford's service department is offering you the works. And all change up to five parts is $39.95 or diesel $129.95. The works includes oil filter change, tire rotation, and multi-point inspection. Get a brake job for $289.95, including brake pads, resurfacing rotors per axle. See our certified diesel tech today at Calvin Braxton Ford, Highway 1 in Lockport. How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z-Track mower so they can get as much done as possible. I jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. It's just really fast. There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. How will you make the most of yours? Nothing runs like a deer. Run with us. Visit Home Attractor today next to the tunnel. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sport. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. You know what? Why not? Just a little bit more. Jay Williams this morning. There are a lot of cooks in this kitchen. You have Rob Palenka. You have Kurt Rambis sitting inside coaching meetings telling Frank Vogel who his starting lineup should be after this man's won a championship. You have Jason Kidd who decides to turn down the job. You have Monty Williams, the coach of the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the NBA that says, I don't like this culture. I'm going to turn down a job. You have so many people. You, you have roster moves being made for a coach who is a defensive-minded coach, and they change the roster without really even consulting him, losing KCP, losing Alice Crusoe. You tell me, when you have Jeannie Buss, who's trying to control things with Rich Paul, you have LeBron James and Rich Paul trying to jockey for position, you have Kurt Rambis, who is sitting inside coaching meetings, Linda you have Rambis, Linda Rambis in, in, who is yeah. consulting Jeannie Buss, you have Rob Palenka, who is in working his angles, you have Magic Johnson, who's making comments on things here and there. <laughs> what kind of culture is that? <laughs> Ty Graffinini joins us now here in Daniel uh, Salerson as well. When you look at it, Todd, we, we, we're, one of the questions of the day we're throwing out there is what what are the top three ingredients of good culture, good locker room, chemistry, all those different aspects of it? Guys have got to be able to fit in. And I go back to one of your calls in one of the games when you were facing, obviously, the Bulls, Alex Caruso. I mean, that he's I call him the human gnat. He was a key aspect and component on that Lakers team, wasn't he? No question. Uh, he was, he was just, he was in your face. He's a lot like Jose Alvarado is right now for the Pelicans, but Caruso had been doing it for a longer time, but Caruso came up the same way. There's an undrafted guy who had to work his way into the lineup for the Lakers, and I thought he was an invaluable piece to what they were doing, and for them to just let him get away. I mean, Chicago was much better this year defensively because Alex Caruso has played a ton of minutes, but I mean, just you listen to those bites. It's just 
it's the gift that keeps on giving. And as I like to say, that is a them problem. They can, they can try to figure it out. Um, but I mean, it's, it sounds just, it sounds toxic. It sounds absolutely toxic over there. We were talking with Daniel a little bit earlier today and I asked him and I want your opinion here as well. Cause I, I'm, you're looking at this postseason. I think it's going to be just as exciting as it was last year. I, I think the fact that the T-Wolves are a new participant. Memphis is a new participant over to the West in the East. You know, you go to their nine and 10 spot. They're above 500. I mean, all, all of those teams are. So the East has got a little bit better here as well. But why is Memphis able to win? 18, 19 games without Jean Morant only lose two. I'm going to steal a line from my partner, John DeShazer, and, and because we played Memphis very recently, obviously, on Saturday, and I thought he described him to a T. Everybody on that team knows exactly what their role is, and they don't vary from it. And when you get a team that knows what they're doing, in that sense, they're very well coached, obviously, Every player that takes the court has a specific role. They don't venture away from it. Oh, by the way, those guys are pretty good. They make open shots. They're good underneath. You know, Steven Adams, again, the fit here wasn't that great. He fits in perfectly for Memphis because they're not asking him to score at all. They There could be a game where Steven Adams doesn't have to score a point. They don't care. As long as he's back-tapping uh, offensive rebounds back and giving their, their guys chances to score, that's exactly what Steven Adams is supposed to do for the Memphis Grizzlies. Here, he needed to be a scorer. He's not a scorer. We knew what he could do as a rebounder. That's, again, it was. it's just a better fit. But, no, Memphis is, I, I tell you, if it gets to that – I. Look, I know Phoenix is tough, and hopefully we play Phoenix. Hopefully we play Phoenix this weekend at some point. That would be wonderful. I do not, I would not want to play the Memphis Grizzlies, and I don't care if they're youngins as far as playoffs sure. go. They got a taste of it last year. They got a taste of it. All right, so we've referenced this, Daniel, now at number one. I said, look, why can't the Pels sort of be Memphis next year? And I don't mean this in a disrespectful manner. I'd take the T-Wolves. Todd and Daniel, last year they were 13th. 23 and 49. They're 46 and 36 in the seventh seed right now in a play in as well. Start with you and then go with Todd Daniel. Why are the T Wolves better this year? Well, we talked about one of those ingredients to making a cultural locker room work. And I've said it head coach Chris Finch came in in the middle of the season in that awkward hiring from Toronto that, you know, they fire Ryan Saunders and they put Chris Finch in there right away. And ever since then, I mean, Pat Beverly said, I would run through a brick wall for this guy. He has set the tone for this team. We had him on a show. He's incredible. Yeah, so coaching is number one. And again, it's the pieces around Carl Anthony Towns. They drafted really well. Number one, Anthony Edwards. You've seen what he's been able to do. They have D'Angelo Russell. They were able to add that veteran presence in Patrick Beverly. Again, for me, the ingredients are head coach, what veterans you have on this team that are locker room guys, and then your young talent that are able to play but necessarily don't have to give you 20, 25 points a night. So for the Pelicans, you're getting that with Herb Jones. You're getting that with Jose Alvarado. You're getting that with Trey Murphy. You're getting that with Willie Green already with your head coach. And then you sprinkle in the C.J. McCollum's. You can say Brandon Ingram's a veteran on this team, six years in the NBA. I know mm-hmm. he's young. He's your veterans. That's where the more experience you get as in this play-in, the better it's going to be. And for Minnesota, they're kind of a little bit of a step ahead. But this playoff experience, this game tonight, is their next step for them, and that's getting over the hump as well. And, and, 
I, I don't have much to add because, I mean, how can you add what's perfection? Because that's what Daniel is. I mean, he just described that to a T. The only difference with Minnesota is the addition of Patrick Beverly. They became a much better defensive team, if you will, because of the attitude that Patrick Beverly permeated throughout the locker room. They didn't look. To be quite honest with you, they don't play a whole lot of defense right now. What they do do is turn you over. And nobody knows that more than the New Orleans Pelicans because we <laughs> averaged over 20 turnovers every time we played the Minnesota Timberwolves. And split the series, by the way. Uh, one, two games, one here, one there. And, of course, Brandon Ingram beat him at the buzzer here. But Patrick Beverly's attitude is... One that's infectious. Now, again, he's one of those guys that you hate him when he is against you and you love him when he's on your team. That has been the difference for the Minnesota Timberwolves this year, in my opinion. You mentioned, Gus, they have 46 wins and they're in the play-in. So that just kind of shows you how tough the Western Conference is. So if the Pels need to make that jump next year and you hope that we do, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have to get in the mid-40s minimum if you're thinking about getting out of the play-in situation to be that sixth seed. Minnesota's more like that Phoenix Suns. They're that one piece away. I don't know if they're going to get a Chris Paul up there, but whether it's a trade, they're that one piece away from you taking think to the next close, step. You they're that close, huh? I mean, if they can able to they, get that core with Carl Anthony Towns, Angel Russell, and Anthony Edwards, I mean. I, I, I mentioned, look, they don't play a whole lot of defense but they do turn you over, they don't care. They think they're going to outscore you every single night because they've got the pieces to do it. They can score 130. If you look at their scores night after night after night, Minnesota, I mean, if they're not scoring 125, they've had a bad night. They're they're averaging, you know, in the last couple of months, easily in the upper, you know, upper teens, low 120s. Real quick, Todd mentioned the ed- that's the edge they have from Patrick Beverly. They go out there fearing no one. They're going to trash talk you. They're going to laugh at you. <laughs> they're going to punk you if they can. They bring that edge, and I think that's been a huge reason why they have all the confidence in the world that they can hang with anyone in the league. Well, you touched on that, and I, one of the reasons I'm doing this in this segment here, and I'm doing this for our fans today, is because there, you know, Todd. Should we be excited about the play in? Should we be excited where this, you know, team is sort of going? And I'm trying to point out not only different models, but what other teams and other franchises are sort of doing. And are the Pelicans similar? Do the Pelicans sort of have those ingredients? And we're on the ground floor, but this tomorrow is a big thing because some of these other teams, you're seeing it. And we've touched on this. In the NBA, it's it's a process. It's steps. I mean, it legitimately is steps in order to be able to become a competitive team. And as David Griffin likes to say, doing it from year in and year out. To be San Antonio, to do those things, you got to establish the culture and all that. You mentioned what Beverly brings, which, by the way, him being the last thing on the One Shining Moment Lakers season video is by far the best thing that he did this Holding season. Holding his nose as he walked, off, as he walked off the court after imagine? LeBron threw mind, up an air ball. You, did he get teed up? For that, because Trey Murphy staring at somebody got a team. My brothers way. wasn't officiating. Yeah, that correct. <laughs> Sorry, is he uh, officiating tomorrow? Do we I need another? We don't know yet. <laughs> uh, hold your breath, people. <laughs> the face of you know, Pat Beverly guys. got kicked out of the last game of the year, and he was going after an official Called so much trash. so so much so that you know, just listening to the broadcasters call, he, he had a very close run in. And had a chance. I mean, he could have been suspended wow. for the game tonight. But that's the problem with Beverly. He doesn't know when to turn it off. But you mentioned about guys that have that attitude. Anthony Edwards, right? Yeah. I, I remember bringing this up at the beginning of the season, Todd, if you guys remember this, where he said that he didn't care about winning rookie of the year or winning score. 
he, that like that's not what he's about. He wanted to win titles because of what he didn't win it last year, right? Mm. So again, but that comes from that attitude in that player. Ja is another one of those players that just. I mean, he said at the beginning of the season, I want to eat your soul. I want to come after you. I'm going after you every single night. You got to have that, don't you? And, oh, is that something that we can maybe see Brandon eventually do, Zion do? Who is that guy on this team that is literally steps on the court and dislikes you because you're in their way? Alvarado is right, that guy right now. And you've seen other guys. I think Draymond Green had some words from him the other night. He's the guy that – is gonna could turn into that Beverly. I'm not sure if the the words that Beverly says will be the same words that Jose Alvarado says, but Jose is gonna be that guy. Todd will for us like the TJ McConnell is the guy that's gonna be a pest around you the entire game. Is gonna be on you 94 feet, gonna get in your grill, gonna harass you, gonna annoy the crap out of you. Again, I don't think the it's exactly like Patrick Beverly, but that's as close as I think we have right now. For uh, I agree. And, and you go to McConnell and you go to Beverly. Those are guys. And again, <laughs> I've actually said this on the air. There are guys where if you're a player, it would take you all of your willpower to not take a swing at them. I mean, that, that's how much, <laughs> that's how much they're in your face. Yeah. I mean, they drive you crazy. I, Jose is, he's not at that point quite yet. Mm-hmm. But I think in the next, you know, year or two when he's really in the league and established, I think he's going to get to that point. I, I teased it on Friday. I was going to do it yesterday. I didn't get into it. Obviously, it's playoff week, so I might do it Thursday or leading into the next game. Obviously, if things go well tomorrow. But I was using, like, comparisons because I've said Breeze can, can, can see Jim McCullum be a Breeze-like figure. And that's how it got started while I was watching the, the game on Sunday, Todd. And um I'm like, Alvarado's easy. What Saints player? CD. CD Deuce. I mean, had to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no is, question. I'm, by the way, he dropped the song. You see that he's now rapping CD. Pump, <laughs> let's pump the brakes. Number 22. No, look. No, but I, I love I, that. I, I love wish that, yeah. I just, the greatest still moment to me this season, and Daniel was there too, was in Philadelphia in a game that we never should have. By the way, but I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I won't You're go never off on go, my tangent. Yeah. But when Jose Alvarado was literally staring at Joel Embiid's belly button and looking straight up at him in his face, as much as a, you know, six foot guy can be in a seven foot guy's face, it's like, come on, Embiid. I got you. I mean, he was not backing down from that. And Embiid, you know, got a Got a crooked neck looking straight down at him, but that's his, that is his attitude. And after he the, didn't care that was and, Joel Embiid. He didn't care that was the potential MVP. And they both got teed up and what did Embiid do? Embiid paid his fine because yeah. he had so much respect for him. There you go. I mean, that's, that's something to say. Quick break. We come back, Todd and Daniel. I want to ask you all this because we're starting to see a lot of these tweets as the season has ended here. The NBA has their award show now at the end of the season. So there's three. Yeah. Uh, coach of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. There's a lot of debate as to where Herb Jones should be first or second team all defense. Should he get a lot of those votes there or not? And where is Willie Green when it comes to the job that he's done this year? And who are those top three candidates that could attend the NBA awards? We'll discuss that as we wait. Trajan Langdon It's the sports hangover live over at the Pell's facility. Gus, Daniel, and the graph. It's the sports hangover in ESPN New Orleans.
When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Always on the run and short on cash? With a state bank and trust company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Within days of Hurricane Ida making landfall, Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacies were up and running, providing vital medication to our patients and visitors. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding you the lowest cost available on your medications. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let us review your options with you. Located in Rouse's Supermarket on Highway 3235 in the Rose or at the Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff, we treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. You've seen the last of Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns uniform. They've got to figure out with that $19 million fifth-year option, somebody else may take it on and look at it as an opportunity to pick up some draft picks along with that in a trade. But I think you've seen the future go bye-bye. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. little over 24 hours, 8.30 tomorrow night. Pelican's taking on the Spurs. The graph was at practice. He has special access because he's Todd. And um, so I'm just going to ask you. It's just me and a couple of friends listening. Daniel in here as well. How's Brandon Ingram looking, bud? Everyone who was supposed to practice today practiced, How's, including, including Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Yeah. So they shoot the basketball. Yes, he okay. did. So he wasn't just yes. like out there. No, walking. no, he went through all the drills, all the, all the, you know, they they did a lot of San Antonio did stuff he jog? today. Did you see him move? No, he was he was sprinting. He was okay. running. He was doing it all. So. <laughs> okay. So there's your update. There's and I think there's someone much more important than me who is coming in right now, so okay. I'm going to uh, cut out, and I will see everybody at the SKC tomorrow night and wear your red, by the way. By the way, yeah, go ahead and wear that red. And also, we will be there our uh, pregame show, 7.30 to 8.30, outside sections 104 and 105. Daniel, that's going to be something fun to be able to get out there and do again. The sports bar, that's literally where it is. Go ahead and tell us again where that section is. You're going to have right next to it. Yeah, section 104-105, you'll be there too. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll have our, our pregame show there from 7.30 to 8.30. Again, doors are open at 7. And, um, yeah, I mean, red out. Everyone will get red shirts. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be big. Lots of stuff. All right, General Manager Tracy Langdon has joined us here as well. Sir, good afternoon. How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. Excited about tomorrow. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Look, obviously there's a lot of excitement about that, but from your perspective and standpoint too man part of management what what does it mean to be 
playing in the game once the regular season wraps up for this organization? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really meaningful, uh, and that's why we're really excited. Um, you know, two years ago when everything shut down and we went to the bubble, we had an opportunity to go down there and. We had to win, I think, six out of eight games or five out of eight to get in, and we just didn't perform well, uh, and that was the first year of the play-in. Um, so we had some meaningful games um, for our young guys, and then last year a few of our pillars got hurt. Obviously, Josh Hart ended the year hurt. Zion had a end of the year hurt, and NBI did as well. So the couple games that we needed down the stretch um, to get in the play-in last year didn't happen either, and, and now in year three it's happened, especially um, after – the way that we started, right. uh, it's incredibly special and incredibly meaningful uh, to this group of guys. So I'm, I'm just incredibly happy to for uh, for Willie Green and his staff and, and for all of our players for what they've gone through and the resilience they've had for the season to be able to play in a meaningful game like this at home, too. We can talk, obviously, to coaches and hear players. and we can Daniel and I can look at stats and see how players sort of progress and why teams win and they don't. But from a perspective of what you do as a general manager, I'm interested in this. Because one of our questions of the day is, how do you build a good locker room, a good culture, all of that fits? And we referenced your days back with, you know, with the Brooklyn Nets and, and things like that. You're trying to build young guys and trying to do that. How difficult is that in reality, though? Well, you're not always going to get the guys you want. I think you know which guys you want, but getting them um... – is a challenge at times and constructing the roster in a way that you can manage and keep those guys. Um, that's always a huge challenge. Um, but to have the guys that we have, we're fortunate. Um, and, uh, you know, the guy that starts it all is with, with that group has been Willie Green. So to get him last summer is fortunate as well. Um, and he's been a great fit and an incredible partner and an incredible leader uh, for this group of guys that bought in. And, um, you know, whether you say, I don't know, we were 1-12 and 12 or 3-16 and 16 or 4-and-whatever mm-hmm. and we were, but it wasn't good. <laughs> and he kept that team together. And obviously there was probably times when he was questioning himself. Um, but he stayed with it. He stayed resilient. Our group stayed resilient. Um, and it's just I think it's an incredible story for us, for the city. And there's a lot of momentum, a lot of excitement around this team, and, and for good reason. Speaking with Pelican's general manager, Trajan Langdon, when you go back to that day when you're – I don't know, sitting across the table with them and you're interviewing him, yeah. Willie Green, to yeah. now to see that. Because, again, you, you can't plan for injuries. You can't plan for certain things. But to see his growth and just from your perspective, having those early conversations to now, what stands out in your mind? He's just stayed steady. He was the same person in the interview that he was when we were 4-16, and 16, that he was when we won four games in a row or, you know, 7-3 and three in our last 10. He's just the same the same guy and I think we felt that in the interview that he was going to be that because he was that as a player he was steady um not too high not too low and that's what we we liked about him especially with a young group there was going to be ups and downs in the season we hoped it wasn't going to be this tumultuous but in terms of the start the rocky road but um that's the kind of character person that you want leading your group when it does get difficult uh and it was difficult at start but guys were bought in the whole time we Mm -hmm. just weren't winning games we weren't doing the things we needed to do at the high enough level to win but the group was always good and they were always behind him they were always bought in and he's just stayed consistent this is what we're going to do we need to do it better and we need to tweak some things but this is who are we going to be about um and to his credit um that's what the group was about just playing hard and playing together and sharing the ball and competing and staying consistent every game um and it finally turned and, and we were playing our best basketball the season towards the end of the season you played and now you're in management. How difficult or not even difficult, I guess I'm saying, 
how valuable is somebody that has been in those shoes to be able to understand perhaps how to deal with different players? Because, Tracy, you've been in different locker rooms since you're a player. Different guys are different guys. What motivates them and what not. But I know that was something that you guys specified and talked about that was going to be important whoever the head coach was going to be. Why is that so important, though? I think he can he can relate to how guys, I think, are feeling. Uh, as as you said, look, it's w- Willie has done a tremendous job, but I think the former player can have an emotional IQ and and understand what those guys are feeling at, at different points in the season, whether it's after a game, after a loss, after a win, understanding what they might be on, what they need on the next day. You know, um, we just trade for CJ and Larry. He's been traded before as well. What's going through in their minds? How to relate to those guys? How do you bring them into the group? What What is the rest of the group thinking with two guys that they knew really well in Nikhil, or three guys, Nikhil, Josh, and Didi leaving, and these guys coming? What's going on? What do I need to do as a leader to make sure that this transition period goes smoothly? So I think um, he understands what's going on in the room at all times of the season, and he's been um, very aware of those things and attentive and, and talked to the people that need to be talked to. Um, whether they're playing or not. And he's done a fantastic job of um, kind of managing that situation as he has gone on. You could always have hope uh, as to how your coaches or different uh, free agent acquisitions or trades turn out as well. The draft is also, you know, to roll the die there. And you know where I'm going with this. We've seen the last several weeks Trey Murphy really start to pick it up, and we've seen what we saw in Vegas. I think it was one of the last times I talked to you about what he was going to do. But goodness gracious, I'm trying to ask you in your, in your experience in your league, can you think of another rookie's had such an impact that Herb Jones has had? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, he's not on this team. The, the impact, exactly. Your eyes just say it right there. I'm trying to think of the impact that he has had, not just on your team tracing, but the culture in this city. People love him. That block on the left wing on that three, the ovation that the crowd gave, it's a defensive play. People want to see a guy that scores six points play basketball. Yeah, he's been tremendous. Um, and he's uh, a tremendous young man off the court. Um, as good as he is on the court, he's better off the court. And his teammates love him. They've loved him since day one. Um, he approaches it with a workmanlike mindset. Um, when he pro- comes to the gym every day, he's a guy that's seen, not heard. He's he's getting extra work in before or after practice, coming back after hours. There's a reason why he's progressing and, and had such a great year. He puts in the time. He puts in the work. Um and guys just love competing with him because he puts his hard head on and he comes to work. And, and we felt that in the interview and pre-draft. Um, a lot of people don't know he. we wanted to, him to come in for a pre-draft workout. He was concussed. He missed his last six or seven workouts because of a concussion in a pre-draft workout. So we were very lucky that he was around at 35. We knew if he was there, we were going to pull the trigger. Um, and then you, you've just seen his evolution, his progression. I mean, the guy wasn't starting in summer league. That's he was ending every game, but he wasn't <laughs> starting. It's incredible. Um, and uh, Willie came over to us after, and he said, he said to Griffin, he said he 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 ain't going to Birmingham. I'm just letting you guys know that he will not be seen in Birmingham. How important is that communication to be able to trust your coach there? At the same part, and and that, does that go back to being a player coach of him seeing what he sees on the court and and being able to understand? I can use this later on. Well, it's funny. He kind of referenced it um, leading into summer league, and then we saw him in summer league. And then, so when he said it at the end, we were prepared. Like, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We've seen some things. Of course, he's going to be here, but I don't think any. I, maybe he could have, but Griff and I definitely didn't see Herb starting. Um, Willie did, 
he said, at some point, I will not be surprised if he cracks the starting lineup. I don't think any of us thought it would happen that early in the season, but um, he's been amazing, uh, and he's been incredibly important, but I think everybody on the team feels that way as well, and we're lucky to have him. Can you stick around another segment? Sure. Okay, cool, because it's 144. Got to hit the break. We do that. Buddy, we'll come back. Daniel's got some questions for you here as well, here with General Manager Trajan Langdon of your New Orleans Pelicans. Getting ready for the play-in game, taking on the Spurs tomorrow night. The Smoothie King Center may already be sold out by now. I don't know. We had about 500 tickets when we started the show. All I know, it's going to be exciting tomorrow. Quick bake. Uh, when we come back, we will talk with Trajan a little bit more. On your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Houma, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily. Plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope, Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road. Homa. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. A new name, a new era. TGMC is now Terrebonne General Health System. This change reflects our transition to more of an all-around healthcare partner rather than just a healthcare provider. With new facilities, new innovations, and new ways to help you, we've done more than change our name. We've changed our future. To see what's new at Terrebonne General Health System, visit tghealthsystem.com. I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yep, we had no idea. Totally surprised. Um, can you say jaw drop? Who knew? State Farm with these great rates? The surprise everyone's talking about is the surprisingly great rates for home and auto insurance from State Farm, especially when you combine them. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today. 985-632-0988. With Gus Kattengau. All right, welcome back in the uh, spacious. This is a really nice office, Trace. It's really nice to give Daniel this really kind of, um, you know, <laughs> sweet-like office over here. He man. treats me it's, well. It's really nice. <laughs> Trace Langdon, GM of uh, your New Orleans Pelicans practice, wrapping up here in a little bit. And obviously, it's good to see Brandon Ingram getting back out there and things. And uh, Trace, we're kind of just talking about the evolution, how you get to this place and how you become a playoff team. And then... You be, you be you can't be the Spurs, you can't be the Suns, you can't do that without taking steps. And I keep saying this, you did it with a little bit with the Nets here, you played, and now you're trying with the Pels. In the NBA, the process, and we've heard that with Philly, but there is a process in there, and you and you have to build. I mean, Jordan, got to get past the Pistons, but you got to get to that point. I mean, yeah. it, it takes time to build to be a team where you can contend. Yeah, I mean, we've been relatively young for 
for three seasons, and <clears throat> our guys are getting older now through experience. And we brought in Jonas, and through the trade, we brought in CJ, and, and we have Garrett Temple. So we have some guys with some knowledge and playoff experience. But as a core, we're still relatively young. So to get these games that really truly matter, um, again, earlier we were talking about it. Like we wanted to get to this point last year where we were playing a playing game, but it's for the growth of our team because um, you get this experience, you feel it. Um, and then you take the next step the next year, and you can see what teams have done that. I mean, Phoenix did it with their run from two years ago in the bubble to what they did last year. Memphis has done it from what they did last year, um, winning two playing games and now having the record and the run that they've had. It's been amazing. So that's that's our hope is giving our eyes the experience, the feel of what this feels like in the postseason and hopefully having growth going into next year. But um, they've done a tremendous job this year, and we're, and we're excited about our group. The word that's thrown around a lot is culture. No matter if it's here, every NBA team, every football team, every baseball team, culture gets thrown around. And I want to read a quote from C.J. McCollum from an article from Will Guillory just now. The way New Orleans is viewed is a certain way, and when I leave, it'll be different. Mm-hmm. When my time is up and I walk away, people view this place differently, and they'll view me differently. What does it mean when you talk about trading for C.J., not only C.J., but Larry and Tony as well, but to have someone like C.J. who wanted to come here that wants to change the culture, and everyone does. And Willie, it starts with Willie, starts with you, starts with Griff. But to hear that, what does it mean for a guy like that to say that in just two months that he's been here? Yeah, no, first of all, CJ, Larry, and, and Tony have, have all been great coming in. I mean, they, they came in with um, no expectations, wanting to come here and contribute and fit in. And it wasn't like, I've been in Portland, and I've done it this way, and watch – They've been fantastic, um, and they've been huge for our group and our growth, um, you know, since the All-Star break. Um, but to hear CJ say something like that, um, he's been incredible. He's all been all about this group. He's been about getting us to this point. Um, he drives winning every day. He drives professionalism every day. He drives doing the right thing every day, being accountable not only himself but as a group. Uh, he does things behind the scenes that – um, I think very few do in this league, uh, but he's seen it all. Uh, has been in Portland on, on a lot of really, really good teams, a lot of playoff teams that have made runs to the Western Conference Finals. So, and then he's been a obviously a main <clears throat> a main cog in that wheel. So, um, we're incredibly lucky to have him, and I think um, you know he's going to be uh, he's going to be doing some special things here for several years to come. Yep. Real quick, we'll mm-hmm. let you go, Gus. How valuable is a guy like CJ for a game like tomorrow? And just yeah. focusing on tomorrow. We have a handful of guys that have the playoff experience, but not as many as you you would like. But a lot of them are young, and a lot of them have gone through playoff-like type games, you would say, in the last couple of months is trying to get to this point. But how valuable is a guy like CJ for tomorrow, even the first five minutes of the ball game? Like, relax. There's going to be 18,000 screen people. Don't force it. you got to calm down, play the game that we have all year. How valuable is a guy like that just to have his presence to kind of calm down some of those young guys that are going to go through this for the first time, including a guy like Brandon Ingram? Yeah, no, I think you make you make a great point, and I think those are some of the things that came up when we were discussing um, trying to acquire CJ around the trade deadline. Is if we were to get into the situation, which we all that's that's the goal for us is is he would be that guy at any time of the game, the first five minutes, the last five minutes, who's been in Western Conference Finals and Game Sevens, closed other teams out on his home floor, their home floor, or, or I should say, on a visiting floor. So he has seen it all. Uh, I think the only thing he hasn't seen is a, is, is the finals. So um, having that person there that has been there, has done that, and is just going to go through this game like he has every other one, 
I think will be will be very calming for our team and hopefully a uh, a wild and crazy SKC atmosphere. On the show, quite often, Trajan, we call the San Antonio Spurs the pop roaches. They just don't go anywhere. <laughs> they're just around, and they're just uh, they're a team that does. They're tough to beat, yeah. right? So, from your perspective, why are they so tough to beat, especially in a game like tomorrow? Well, that's where I started my career. I was with them for three years, so I know um, Pop and staff are they're they're going to spend a a lot of time in preparation. That's the one thing that Pop and his staff pride themselves on is being prepared all the time. And he's going to throw in some wrinkles that you haven't seen. He's going to throw in some ATOs, some based on out of bounds plays. He's going to rip his play cards out of his coat pocket, and he'll probably pull a play back from 2012 really? that you haven't seen. Oh, yeah. He's incredibly well-prepared. He'll be incredibly well-versed on what we do. Um, and we'll see. We'll see some things. He'll, he'll, he, he's gonna, we'll see some things that we had not seen before, um, and he'll have his team ready, and they'll be composed, and they'll be playing with some kind of chip on their shoulder that we have nothing, know nothing about. <laughs> um, but he's, that's why he's the best. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, – do something special tomorrow and beat a, uh, a tough team. They're playing very good basketball. I, mean, I think they're, they've been kind of flying under the radar, and I know both of our teams' records don't reflect it, but um, they're, they're a good team that have, that, have, that have had a good second half. Along the lines of what you're saying, is that why it's so important to get the experience in for this team? That you can simulate all you want, right? You can simulate end-of-the-game situations. You can throw in crowd noise. You can do all those different things. There's, there's no simulating NBA playoff basketball, is there? No, there's not. And it's the best basketball in the world. And uh, you can't even simulate this later in the playoffs because it's a one and done. Um, I mean, you get it in college basketball twice, right? right? You get it in March Madness, and you also get it with the conference tournaments. But um, this is something that you just don't see. Uh, one game for everything, winner go home, and, and unless you're in a in a in a game a closeout game in the in the playoffs that's the other that's the only other one that you can possibly think about but this this will be interesting it'll be great for our guys uh and we're excited when you talk about playing this team four times all season long three of them went to San Antonio but obviously for the Pelicans the roster looked a little different i think in each one of those games how much can you take from those four meetings even into tomorrow is it something where you can take a few things from this game and that game what you did well what you didn't do well or because of the circumstances, because of the matchup and what these coaches are like, that you basically have to start from scratch and, and build a new game plan. How does that work in a situation where you're playing a, a division team that you've seen four times already? That's a good question. I think you probably throw the first one out because um, it was so long ago, and you probably take a couple of games f- since the trade. Right? We're 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 a new trade, a new team since the trade deadline. Um, and again, you can take bits and pieces from not only our, both of our games, but they're going to do the same thing we're doing. We're going to watch the last five to ten games of how they played and how we played. Um, and you try to just take bits and pieces out of there that you want to take away and make hard for the other team. Um, take things away that they're comfortable doing. Make Try to have them do things that they're not comfortable doing. I think that's what both teams are going to do coming into this. And uh, I think at the end of the day, both teams don't shoot the ball great from three. Um, so it's going to be who's making more shots. And, and I, I think at the end of the day, all these, all these games about who wants it more at the end of the game, at the end of the day, who can execute. And, um, at the end of the game, who, who's the one that makes plays? That's what it comes down to in these kind of one and done experience, one and done opportunities. And along those lines, we wrap up with this. It, and I think 
the experience is one thing that you take in NBA playoff games, and the other is a real stat of how players perform home on the road in the NBA playoffs because of the crowd tradition. And you you started to see, obviously, the swell at home, not only, as I mentioned, Herb Jones, the play and the emotion crowd, like the crowd's in it, not just you know when there's a dunk or a three, but they're involved every possession, a turnover. That's what you see in the playoffs, right? When there's a defensive stop that's made or a rebound and the crowd goes nuts in the first quarter. That kind of stuff matters in these NBA games. Do you think Pels fans listening right now can make a difference tomorrow night? Oh, they absolutely can. I think uh, emotion is a huge part of these games, uh, and you feel that 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 swell, like you referred to, from the crowd. It really it lets you uh, that motor, that emotion takes you to another level in terms of getting after it, getting a stop, getting a rebound, boxing out, playing with force. Uh, finishing at the rim through contact. I think a lot of those things help. And look, 48 minutes in a playoff game, you you get to such a high so fast. But like you said, you can't replicate that. You cannot um, – you can't prepare for that. So the that vibe from the crowd, that that roar that you get just helps push you even more. And, and by the end of this team, both teams are going to be absolutely gassed and exhausted just from all the emotion – um, coming into that because, like you said, it's one and done. Like This is it. So mm-hmm. both teams are going to put everything on the table. They're going to play their heart out. And, uh, yeah, that uh, that full crowd from the SKC is going to be huge for us. We're getting closer, sir. We've been in here the last three hours. Do you feel the excitement in the building? I, I can feel it already. Yes, sir. Looking <laughs> forward to it. It's ready to go. General Manager, Tracy Lane, that I know we are as well. Look forward to seeing tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Thanks so much. Yeah, for sure. You. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time today. Team practicing and, of course, getting ready to go tomorrow. B.I., looking good. Daniel, like that. He's key, obviously, to do that. But to get all these guys that sense and that feel, and, and as um, Tracy just said, to be able to get that experience, you can't replicate that, man. No. I mean, tomorrow's going to be huge, no matter the result. It's going to be a big-time atmosphere. They're going to get a taste of what it's like to be in this situation, and hopefully that taste is for longer than just one game. So, yeah, I mean, that's the big thing about this whole thing is you're going to get to play under the bright lights, national television, all uh, – there's going to be no other game going on yeah. but your game right like, now. Still, everything matters. Like, and one's the crowd's going to go nuts if it's an and one's. If it's a block, if it's a rebound. Like, it, it's a possession-by-possession game. And I, and I brought that up to Trajan about – we got about another minute and a half here before the top of the hour break. It's just the fact that you – have already started to see that swell a little bit here, right? I, I go back to that Bulls game or I go back to the Lakers game where you have those quick 5-0 runs by the player. Remember Larry Nance, three and then a dunk. Trey Murphy, three and then a dunk. Like those plays like Alvarado hitting a couple back-to-back with the crowd just going, and I feel that those players fed off of that. And you get three players to go in little 5-0 runs by themselves, five straight by this player, five straight by that player. That's how you get, Daniel, to a 10-2 run, a 14-2 run, and – really be the difference in the game this game is already a game of runs it's it's always like that in the nba in, in any game not just a playoff game so it's just heightened a little bit more when you're in this a 10-0 run in the playoff situation can be the end-all be-all a 15-2 run could set the tone and change it a technical foul can change things mm-hmm. a clear path call a flagrant one we've seen it in games in charlotte the herb jones ejection as far as the flagrant two the Pelicans were already out of gas because of them playing the ne- night before in Atlanta. But that changed the whole momentum of the game. They tried and scratched and clawed their way to try to get that third straight win on the road. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And, and that momentum of having your best defensive player go out 
change the momentum. So there could be really, something that yeah. tomorrow that sparks that. They, they tend to let you play, and I hope that that's the case. I really hope you don't get a T for looking at a player or things of that nature. I hope there's an understanding of the you emotion. play a little bit. That this is an organization in a city that's finally back in the postseason one way, shape, or form. It is interesting. At the same point, though, you saw Trajan's face when he goes, why are the pop roaches so good? He goes, because they know what's coming. I mean, that, that team's going to prepare and make you uncomfortable. That's their job, to get you out of your skin a little bit. Maybe they play on the excitement and the energy and the adrenaline that you already have. Maybe maybe a little push in and shove. You know, Try to get you out of your element a little bit because you can almost have too much adrenaline, right? Yeah. You right. can, and, that, and that's why I asked him about the first five minutes. That's where CJ's going to go, calm down. That <laughs> Someone's going to make that one I'm turnover. I'm going to be nuts, exactly. The yeah. alley-oop that's yeah. going to go five feet into the stands and be like, settle down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but just settle down The first a whistle against the Pels, bleep you. That's yeah. going to be me. I'm going to be nuts. Can't let, can't let the ref set the tone as well. you got to just be patient. It'll all be, you know, it'll all even itself out by the end of the game, hopefully. Daniel Salsing, Gus Kattengill with you. Hour two is in the books. Hour three next on the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. The sound of you doing is music to our ears. Order on the Home Depot app and get convenient delivery so you don't have to stop doing when you need something. The Home Depot app. How doers get more done. Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against full main engine threats. Gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus premium gasoline. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Who's better, Jokic or MBJ? They're both so unique, man. Like, they're one-on-one bits. Who would you rather play with? If you're a floor spacer, Jokic's basketball IQ is off the charts. His passing ability is so dangerous. But Joel Embiid's offensive ability to space the floor, I mean, they're both do things very similar. I'll be happy with either. TJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my 